0: Hi everyone, my name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is Thick This is a podcast where we talk about fan fiction. Usually each episode the 3 of us each bring a separate fic to discuss, but it's a fandom classic episode. Those are hype horns. Uh we are discussing a singular fic that is quite long, longer than our usual format. Um Brenna, what's what's the fic we're discussing?
1: Alright, so this is our second time doing a fandom classic episode. And the fic that we're choosing to discuss this time is The Student Prince by Faye J. Um, This is a fic from 2010. It was written for the fandom Merlin, the BBC TV show Merlin. Um, Our main pairing is Arthur Merlin, but you didn't see that one coming. (laughs) <laughs> um, this is a very long and very popular fic. Its total word count is 145k, um, it's 35 chapters, uh, it has over 2,000 comments, over 17,000 kudos, and over 681,000 hits, <laughs> so... 681,000! <laughs> um, I mean, if you're like me, you've probably reread this a number of times, and also... With a fic this long, you gotta reload it a few times probably while reading. (laughs) So I'm not surprised the hit count is that high. Um, But like I said, very long, very popular fic. Been around for like 10 years now, so lots of people have had an opportunity to read it.
2: Yeah, so as we mentioned, um, this episode is a fandom classic. If you didn't tune in to the previous one and you're wondering sort of what that means... There's no really, like, specific criteria for what a fandom classic is. Um, I think if you've been around fandom for a little while, you probably have encountered a fic that, like, a ton of people have wrecked to you, or maybe it's, like, way high up in the kudos tag. Like, this, I'm sure, if it's not the top kudos fic in Merlin, I am sure it's pretty high up there. Um, yeah, we try to find fics that we think have lasting, sort of, like, impact in fandom, um ones that get like shared a lot like ones that stand out for one reason or another um i mean this fic has its own fan lore page so i think that pretty solidly qualifies it uh for a fandom classic there's no like word count or kudos or hits or anything like minimum that we look for it's just sort of like what do we think is a real big like heavy hitter super popular fic within a fandom um so that's sort of our our goal for the fandom classics and i certainly think this one hits all of the marks So this fic is a
0: modern-with-magic AU, so they are in the year 2010, approximately. Uh, The characters all have the same names, and that is a point of um, hilarity throughout, because you don't see a lot of lads named Merlin in 2010, to my knowledge at least. Um, And Merlin is our POV character, and he's attending the school St. Andrews, which is a very historical establishment, or so I've heard. Uh, specifically from a ficlet who wrote in. (laughs) (laughs) But you get the sense from the fic as well, and he ends up being roommates with the titular student prince himself, Arthur. Ah, him. Uh, So so they're roommates. Um, And the thing is that Merlin still has just wildly impressive magic skills, uh, even though he's also just like a college student teenager. So... Uh, this fic follows Merlin as he tries to protect Arthur from the dangers of really anything trying to harm him and learn more about his magic, he makes friends, he kind of comes into his own in the queer community on campus, good for him, uh, and yeah, it really is about like his first semester of university, (laughs) uh, the fic covers really just that, uh, and then like into the new year a little bit, um... Yeah, that's like the really, really broad strokes premise of this fic. Um, It allegedly follows a lot of season one of Merlin, or so I've been told. Uh, In in some ways, there are some plot points in there that are mirrored. I'm I'm not the expert here. (laughs) Uh, And it also follows some of the plot points from The Student Prince itself, which is a film... Yes. Phil, a film. Thank you.
2: I think actually the author's name is called an operetta, which made me yeah, that's curious enough confused. to Google it. But then it did pop up in Wikipedia as just like a film.
0: So. Oh, great. Maybe. Yeah. Both, I don't know. I've never looked into it. It shows up in the text and contextually, it seems like a movie. So we'll go with that. Um, but yeah, that's really the gist. It's very coming of agey. It's very falling in love getting togethery. There's a fun ensemble cast and a lot of action. Of many kinds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and that's the student prince. Um. Alright, so I thought, because I'm the only one of the three of us who has seen the BBC show Merlin, Unfortunately. Which- I don't know if you're saying it's unfortunate that you haven't seen it or it's unfortunate <laughs> that I have seen it, <laughs> but both could be true in this instance. Um, I thought I'd give a little bit of a rundown on the show itself so you can kind of understand uh, the differences and similarities between the show and this fic. I think there's a lot of things that are pulled from the show for this fic, but it's also very readable if you just kind of know the base characters, but I think it's a little bit more fun if you kind of know what the show text was as well. Um It aired between 2008 and 2012, so this fic was kind of posted right in the middle of that. Um, All right, so if you're online, you probably already know this, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. Um, Basically, Merlin, the BBC TV show, uh, was about, like, wow, what if we took the characters from Arthurian legend and made them, like, in their late teens to early 20s? So, in the show, Arthur is a prince and not yet a king. Um, his dad, King Uther, rules Camelot. Um, Merlin does have magic. He's a very powerful sorcerer, but he's also just kind of like an 18-year-old kid who's kind of a fool. He goes to Camelot to, like, learn how to control his magic better under uh, the teachings of Gaius, who's his teacher in um, this fic here, but also in the show. Um... And in the show, he also becomes, like, Arthur's manservant, because I guess he, that was that was a choice that made a lot of sense. <laughs> um, magic is outlawed in the show, and, like, anyone who's thought to be a sorcerer will get killed, so Merlin has to be very secretive about all of his magical doings. Um, Gwen, Morgana, all of these other characters from the Pick are also in the show, um... But yeah, this this fic definitely kind of takes more of like the season one friendship approach to everything. Um, it doesn't really deal with like the events of later in the show or sort of like the falling out between characters. Um, most of the ensemble cast from this fic is taken from the show. There's a couple of characters in this that are kind of OCs and there's a few characters from the show later on, like other knights and stuff that aren't in this fic. Um, But yeah, for the most part, it kind of follows that cast, but is a modern AU. Um, The other thing to know about the show, I think, is just, like, the dynamic between Merlin and Arthur in it is one that is both, like, oh, our destinies are intertwined. And the great dragon who lives in the castle basement, it's not a basement, dungeons. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he was telling us so. uh, And, like... We're going to save the world together, but also, like, haha, Merlin, you're my manservant. Clean my armor is kind of the vibe. So just putting that out there <laughs> for anyone who's like, wow, I read this fic, but I don't understand why they speak to each other in such a way sometimes. Um, it It's from the show. I mean, you know, a lot of it's kind of just like teasing banter, but some of it might seem kind of harsh at times. Um But I think it's really kind of pulled from the show dynamic. Um, So that's my recap of uh, BBC Merlin. Um, My one of my first big fandoms um, and one that will haunt me forever.
2: (laughs) Before we get any further into the episode, um, we did just want to give some content warnings. There are a couple things that are sort of tagged on the fic, um, but we wanted to provide a little bit more context. I don't think we'll be really discussing much of this or like going in depth into it or anything but um if you haven't read the fic yet and you are interested in reading it here just some things to know going in so as mentioned this fic was written in 2010 and um totally I think reflects that a little bit um there are some things that feel a little bit outdated um partially I think because of the year in which it was written also partially because um as Brenna had informed us sort of before recording like some of the insults and things are just sort of taken directly from the show, like, the way that Merlin and Arthur speak to each other sometimes, like, is- is sort of reflected in this fic, um, and there is some language that is not condoned by the fic, like, it is meant to be, um, like, it's- it's meant as a bad thing, but it is still kind of jarring to read, and in there, I think there's one specific character who perpetuates this, but there is sort of, in general, just some casual homophobia, transphobia, racism, classism, um... There is some bioessentialism sort of regarding sexuality um, and, and being gay. Um, and then I think, sort of, beyond that um, being written into the tone of the fic, uh, there are two more specific content warnings we wanted to give. Uh, one is that the fic is tagged for depictions of homophobia, but specifically, there is an off screen homophobic mugging, like a, a violent mugging. Um, it is off screen, but it does get mentioned like directly, like what happened to that character. Um, And additionally, there is a violent death by bees. Uh, Major spoilers for that one. (laughs) 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 Uh, Bees. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, major spoilers for that one. But uh, we wanted to give all those content warnings first uh, so that if you haven't read it yet, you know what you were getting into.
1: I do just want to like, make one clarification based on what I said. Like when I say like the way that Arthur and Merlin speak to each other, I don't mean like Merlin got called slurs in canon. I mean like Arthur will be like, don't be such a girl, Merlin. And that's supposed to be like an insult, which is unpleasant to read, I think, in 2021. But, you know, I just kind of wanted to make that distinction because I was being vague earlier.
2: Yeah, um, I think I think the, the casual misogyny I didn't mention, but yeah. that is sort of yeah, exactly. wrapped up in that. Yeah. Also, um, on a much lighter note, This episode is sponsored! We are so, so excited. Um, We'll get more into it later, but thank you so much to our sponsor, Green Knight University. Um, We'll touch on them later.
0: Wow, being sponsored makes me feel like I'm walking on air. And the only way I could do that for real is if I were a wizard myself. You guys want to hear about my wizard Sona? (laughs) Yes! I would love to. Okay, so my wizard Sona is actually, it's maybe kind of a deceptive name because I actually can't do magic but I have a little sidekick who does magic <laughs> so like I show <laughs> up and I'm like oh sh- like, hey, and <laughs> as soon as I say that something magical happens because my sidekick knows we have like a code word um <laughs> and then like something magical happens um so I start to gain clout because it seems like I'm really cool and powerful but I don't actually do magic because that seems like it would mm-hmm. be kind of morally fraught in some cases. Like, at least if something goes wrong, that's not really on me. Like, I didn't do it. You know?
1: Yeah, I like that. Um, so, in this fic, uh, The Student Prince, Morgana and Merlin um, are our two sort of main magic practitioners. And in order to st- Not just say like magic out loud, they kind of use these code words and two of them are macrame and then also um, World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. Um, My magic, Sona, is that I can only cast magic while doing macrame. (laughs) Like it's legitimate macrame. So like... As I complete, like, the little knots or whatever that, like, you do while doing macrame, like, then I can cast a spell. Um, Alternately, if I have a done piece of macrame that I've, like, imbued with my powers while doing it and I undo a a knot, then that, like, allows me, like, a spell slot, essentially, to, like, cast a spell. So that's my um, wizard Sona. It's like, like to charge reblog to cast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's your macrame. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Interesting.
2: Yeah, so when I was thinking about my wizard, Sona, um, one of the things in this fic is that, like, there's a lot, there's a lot of jokes about Merlin's name. Um, And at one point, uh, one of the professors says to Merlin, like, you're an only child, right? Like, I'm not going to see, like, a bunch of your siblings named, like, Harry and Gandalf and, like, Voldemort, like, and Sauron or whatever, like, coming into the university, right? And Merlin's like, haha, no, it's just me. So I was I was sort of going down this track where I was like, okay, if I had been born and my parents found out I was a wizard and then like changed my name, because that is what happened to Merlin. He had a different name and then he did magic yeah. and then his mom <laughs> retroactively named him Merlin. Um, so if that was going to happen to me, I was like, what is, what is a realistic name that maybe my parents would have picked for me? Um, so then I started going on a couple different websites for like famous witches. And at first I was getting like like real ones. Um, like from history And I was like no no this isn't what I want um, And before I tell you the name I landed on Because I don't think it's very exciting But it does feel sort of maybe true to what my parents would have picked uh. I do want to say And Brenna I'm really sorry But I was going through this list of fictional witches And I got to one And before I could think it through My brain was like oh that's Brenna's um, and-, oh, no. <laughs> and the <laughs> And the fictional witch uh, that my brain <laughs> assigned to you was Baba Yaga. <laughs> wow, I can't <laughs>
1: believe you think that out of the three of us, I'm the most likely to like have a house with chicken legs. Like that doesn't yeah, seem on brand weird. for me at
2: all. Shocking. Come on, Reed. <laughs> it's also just like the vibes. The vibes of like Baba the Yaga. Like the
1: OG Hag Hut. Yeah, yeah, we love it.
2: Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, like, I I don't even think this name fits me. Like, this is not what I would pick for myself. But I think the most realistic witch name that my mother would know, because she does sort of enjoy Broadway, is probably, like, Glinda from Wicked. So I think that's probably (laughs) what I just would have ended up as. And I would have really hated it. But, like... Yeah, that's something. I have a
1: question, though, because, like, the thing is, Merlin's mom named him Merlin, but then his powers, like, are kind of like Merlin's powers both mm-hmm. because this fic does kind of have like a once in future aspect but also like he's just like the most powerful sorcerer in Britain yeah 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 are your powers the ones that Glinda has in Wicked mm-hmm. like are, does your magic emulate hers
2: yeah I mean I guess I guess that really asks the question if, if I am living the same self-fulfilling prophecy that Merlin is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um I think I think the answer to that would depend on whether or not at this school I am friends with Merlin, because it seems like anyone who is friends with Merlin is tied into his cycle of, like, doomed to always repeat yourself, et cetera, et cetera, as per the dragon on the door and all of the wisdom Mm -hmm. that he shares. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think actually what would happen is if I was not friends with Merlin, I could just, like, be, like, a witch or a wizard or whatever, like, Mm -hmm. doing my thing. But I think if somehow I befriended him, that would actually change the course of my magic, and then I would have to only do magic the way that Glinda the Good Witch does.
1: Okay, okay. No, I think that it's makes kind of sense. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately, due to your logic, I don't think my parents would have named me Baba Yaga because, <laughs> like, isn't it like a Russian folk story? Like, that's not yeah. my heritage at all. I think I'd be no. named after some, like, random Celtic goddess or something.
2: <laughs> it, just, it was just the vibes of Baba Yaga. My brain oh, yeah, immediately yeah. was like, oh, that's Brenna.
1: I'm a huge fan of her, so <laughs> it's really not an insult. I love her work. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah based on this logic i feel like my name would be the wizard as in (laughs)
1: like of oz (laughs) what because you have a little side character who like does everything for you and you're actually just a fraud hello that's what you said i'm literally just sitting
0: here being your co-host and you're coming at me with you're a fraud
1: i mean like that is like the lord you made for yourself magic and i bring i give people hope yeah, but this you can like, you do about- yeah, doing magic fraud. when you can't do magic, and you build up, like, a whole yeah. oh, God, big oh, persona God. about it. That's the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I give also,
2: people joy. Also, unfortunately now,
1: if and you okay. are both characters from the Wizard of Oz slash Wicked, like, does that make me Elphaba? I was
2: just thinking the same thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, oof. I mean... that yeah. cute.
2: Okay, Halloween costume, um... This year we can we we can do this, but like not the versions from the show or the musical, like specifically our wizard Sonos. Oh, okay,
1: okay. So our versions of yeah, if the student prince wasn't just about Merlin yes. uh-huh. but also about the characters oh, from Wicked yeah, yeah, yeah. what would they have been like <laughs> if they were in The Student Prince yeah. by that logic also oh, just God. like how Morgana for Race and Weekend like dressed the three of them up as like their alternate selves mm. then for Race and Weekend we would have to be like each other and I'd be like the wizard yeah. and uh-huh. Nick would be Glinda and Reed nice. you would be Alphaba. Yeah, I'd be yeah.
0: a really good Glinda I think
2: I think you would thank you I think so too yeah Yeah. As I said, I don't think I suit Glinda. I just was sort of going for the only feasible name I think my mother would know. (laughs) You're more like Miss Frizzle. Stop trying to push this Miss Frizzle narrative!
1: (laughs) I don't understand why you're so offended. Miss Frizzle is an icon. She is, but like... she does magic.
2: Well, one time... okay, This could be your wizard Sona Reed. No. (gasps) Okay, okay. Reed! (laughs) For context, one time while recording, Nick dm'd me like as though you couldn't have just put it in this group chat or whatever dm'd me like you would do a really good miss frizzle cosplay but then Uh later called me frizz not like the frizz the way they do in the show (laughs) just like frizz and that felt not good so
1: that's that is rough i'll stick with just frizzle
2: so that you're more comfortable i'll stick with the frizz Okay. The, the first I don't hate, but that is taken from the show. Okay, we've we've really gone off the rails. Should we talk about this Vic? Maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose so.
1: All right, so if you are a frequent listener of Thicklit, you know that we usually kind of start out by saying like our impressions of the thick and like what we thought before like diving deeper. Um, we did also ask for some like questions and thoughts from our listeners in a submission form that we only remembered to run for about twenty four hours before <laughs> recording. <laughs> so sorry, you No, know, it's fine. Thank you to the handful of you that gave us your thoughts and questions. They are very valuable to us. Um, but we had one note from Claire that I kind of want to kick us off with. I think it gets right at sort of our different reading experiences. Um, Claire wrote that they never watched Merlin but enjoyed this fic. The student prince is the platonic ideal of a modern AU, and I think it's so classic because you don't need much beyond a basic grasp on Arthurian legend to understand the characters' relationships to each other, which mean non-fans like me can still understand and enjoy it. Then they asked us... Are there references to the show that a casual reader like me wouldn't pick up? And if there are, did you think they enhanced the fic or changed the way that you read it? I thought we could kind of kick off by talking about our like reading experiences. I am, again, the one who's watched the show. I was deep in the fandom. I read this fic like five times. Um, (laughs) But neither of my co-hosts have had that experience. So I thought we could kind of start with you two and then get back to me. Yeah, the student
0: prince. I have been bugging Brenna to bring this fic for so long. <laughs> I don't know why specifically. I just was so excited. I think I just love a college, AU, honestly. It's, what What can I say? Um, but this was really fun. I have not seen Merlin, ever. Um, I don't, ficlets, you might know this about me. I don't really watch television. <laughs> like, and I haven't for most of my life. I've seen a few shows um, some regrettably, but Merlin is not one of them. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, you know, uh, so I know very little about Merlin. Um, this is the third fic that we've read for the pod and my third ever Merlin fic period. Um, I know Merlin and Arthur were a big, like, the blonde one and the brunette on Tumblr for a long time. Uh, I know Morgana is pretty hot and that she got kind of evil. Uh, very little about Gwen, Almost nothing about Lance, who actually was my favorite character in this fic, to be honest. Uh, we have to stand. We literally have no choice. Uh, and otherwise, yeah, I don't know. I think it was really interesting because this fic felt extremely accessible. I think there's definitely stuff I would have gotten from it if I had seen the show. And specifically, if I had been like a diehard murtherer, Mur- Mirthist. I don't know what the term is. Um, Oof.
2: <laughs> I those know. were both pretty rough. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Did you have better. <laughs> well, no, but I also wasn't trying. <laughs>
0: um Merthonian. Merthonian. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, that was terrible. Is not a fan. If I had shipped Berther, emotionally and personally in my heart, as opposed to just like knowing that it's the thing I'm supposed to ship in this fandom, <laughs> um, I think it would have been a slightly different reading experience. Um, But, like, it's a fun fic. It knows what's fun about it, and it really leans into that. I really, really liked the ensemble cast. I really liked the pacing, especially of, like, the first half, first two-thirds before they get together. Um, I thought the pacing of the plot was really, really, really tight, and it was really enjoyable. Um, I like how much it leaned into being not only a college or university AU, but an AU set specifically at this university. The world building was great. I'm sure we'll talk about it more. Um, But I loved that. They, like, read as very believable teenagers, (laughs) which I also liked. Like, these are their freshmen, and I buy it. Um, And I liked that a lot, too. It was charming. It was funny. uh, It was dramatic when it needed to be dramatic. It gave me the very storybook big romance ending that I would have wanted from a 150,000 word fic, you know, like it pulled out the stops and I appreciated that a lot. Like yeah, I think and I think it just used its setting and its timeline really, really well. The fic is really well situated at pretty much every point and I liked that a lot too. So, I had a really enjoyable time reading it. I don't think you need prior knowledge to be honest. Um, I don't know. It Does it count if I, like, I studied some medieval literature in college, (laughs) so, like, I've read Gawain and the Green Knight, and, (laughs) like, the Fairy Queen or whatever. I I have some vague knowledge of Arthurian legend, but, um, I haven't seen the show, so. (laughs) I don't know how closely those things tend to be aligned. I think the show, to my knowledge, takes some liberties with the legend. Yeah, so. (laughs) I think it's really accessible, um. Yeah, I think those are my those are my really broad stroke thoughts. I have a lot more that we'll talk about as we get into this conversation more.
2: I, for one, was really excited to be talking about this fic because on more than one occasion, someone has individually said to either Nick or I like, <laughs> oh, like when you guys talked about the student prints on the pod, blah, blah, blah. And both of us were like, yes. Um- totally. I remember that. We have not. This is the first time we're discussing this fic on this
1: podcast. And Um, when people would be like, oh, when Brenna brought this fic, it's like, no, I know I'm a resident Merlin (laughs) fan, but we have yet to discuss it.
2: Okay, I do think in the defense of people who said that, um, you did bring it as one of your top fics either of the decade. Yeah, one of your top fics of the decade. But like the first Merlin fic that we did in the pod was literally episode one. And so I think when people were like, you did The Student Prince, my brain was just like, yeah, I did a Merlin fic, and it was really good and well-loved in fandom, so I'm sure that was... It was not... It was not... We've read very fun and, like, wonderful Merlin fics on the pod, but this is our first time doing The Student Prince, so this was exciting just to sort of not embarrass myself making that mistake again. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, every single inch of this fic felt like it was a hit from 2010, like... Reading it, I was transported back to that moment in time in fandom. Um, I also love A College AU, but, like, oh, all of it. Like, the, the modern royalty, the drama of it all. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, even the way they speak to each other, like, is so... It just felt so, like, primed for the fan fiction of that time, and I really loved that. Um, because, yeah, as someone who was not into the show at all and, like, only saw some gifs of it on tumblr in passing and like never engaged with it beyond that um it was so easy for me to be like yes i fully see why this is a fandom classic like i see why this is a fic that got as popular as it did i see why people loved it so much um and we'll probably get to it later but someone else like left a comment in our forum saying like in some ways this fic feels dated but in other ways it really feels like it has staying power like it has sort of withstood the test of time and i think that is just a testament to like how much it leans into the tropes that it decided to write about, um, in such a fun way. I love that because this was a university AU, like, that was it. That is the focus of this fic. There's some stuff that happens that, like, ostensibly is pretty important or, like, big. Doesn't matter. We have to get back to college. Like, pretty early in the fic, Merlin literally robs the king of England. Like, he- Commits a heist to steal like exorbitant amounts of gold, technically to like give them back to some fairies whose gold it was. But it is mentioned in passing. It's like two sentences of like, he and this professor went off and they committed a heist and like, wow, Merlin is so tired for class today. And I (laughs) found that so fun because I was like, hell yeah, like this is a university AU. Like we're here to like see them in college life. Like this is the focus of the fic. And it was so firmly rooted in its setting in a way that I found super enjoyable. Um, I know literally nothing about St. Andrews, but I am choosing to believe that, um, maybe barring the, like, dragon who acts as a portal between this school and other schools, I am choosing to believe that, like, everything else in this fic is true, so, like, Raisin Weekend and all of the, like, nonsense and hilarity that comes with that, I- listen, the fic sold it to me, and I bought it, and I had a great time with it, um, also, yeah, I fully agree, the ensemble cast was so much fun, Morgana, hands down, my favorite character of this fic, I love her. I would love to drink too many bottles of wine with her at a cafe on like a Wednesday afternoon. I think it would be a blast. Um, Yeah, this fic was super fun and it felt like taking a trip down memory lane in a way that was a little bit strange because it was like, this is not my memory lane. (laughs) Like, this was not my avenue of fandom. Um, But it was so representative of that time in fandom and like the way that people used to write and the trips that they used to love and like still do love and that I really enjoyed.
1: Yeah, I think, like, this fic for me is a really interesting reread because I read it first around the time it was completed, like, when it was kind of blowing up in fandom, and then subsequently a number of times over the next few years. I have not read it, uh, in the last, like, I don't know, four or five years now, maybe? Um, so it was really fun to come back to it again. Um, there are a lot of things about it that I was just, like, very nostalgic about, which is always a really delightful experience in fic. Um... And some things that I think I was kind of like, oh, wow, that feels dated. (laughs) Um, They did not, like, deter me from enjoying this fic in any way. Just, like, some of the language, I think. You're definitely like, okay, we've definitely changed how we talk about things. Like, the language that we'd use in a fic like this if it was written today. um, I think the things that make this fic so popular and so beloved like still really hit like just how far it leans into the tropes like both nick and reed already said um is just really fun it does these kind of classic tropes really well and like the whole modern au with magic um is a huge trope in merlin um and i think this fit kind of just became like the number one example of that um and i think like you can definitely see the this fixed kind of like ripple effect from into like other fandoms at the time and even like later fandoms that are kind of playing around with some of the same tropes whether that's like a modern AU with magic whether that's a university AU um I think this fic did a lot of things that fandom really loves um The ensemble cast, I think, is one of the very best parts of this fic. Uh, The Morgana and Gwen characters are so good in this. Uh, Gwen and Merlin's friendship is utterly delightful and uh, kind of in the same way that you feel in the show where you're like, wow, I'm really glad that Merlin has at least one good friend (laughs) who is Gwen in this fic. Like, you're really glad they have each other's back a lot of the time, I think, coming into uh, this very, like, posh school as both kind of these outsiders from the beginning um morgana is fully excellent i love her so deeply in this fic and she contributes to a lot of the most fun scenes i think um the things that i remembered most clearly about this fic remained my favorite scenes upon each reread i think the whole raisin weekend is iconic um like that's just like seared into my memory (laughs) um and uh the first time Merlin like meets Morgana and she's like oh so you have magic and you did all these things and he's like freaking out about it very good iconic um the whole plane scene yeah that was like very firmly rooted in my memory as well and I think those remained like a lot of my favorite scenes which is just nice like it's nice to know that the things you loved about a fic like continue to hold up 10 years later um so, yeah, I love this. We'll get into some of those moments, I think, a little bit more later. Um, also, to, like, address Claire's question a little bit, um, I don't think there's that much about the fact that, like, would be enhanced if you knew the show better. Um, I think there are sort of some, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge lines that are kind of put there for people who watch the show. Um like some of the lines that like Arthur says to Merlin are like verbatim pulled from the show or like there's a moment where he's like oh nothing I ever did to you is that bad Merlin like I'm not gonna like lock you in the stocks and do this and that and it's like you're like thinking about what happened in the show um also just like the fact that the dragon kind of remembers like their past lives as Merlin and Arthur so like you as a reader then are kind of playing the show in your head to like fill in for that I think is something that like people who didn't watch the show probably wouldn't get as much of. Um, And then a bunch of, like, the magical things that happen that Merlin has to deal with to protect Arthur are pulled directly from the show. Um, So those are also kind of fun to see kind of rewritten into a modern setting. And especially a modern setting where, like, it's kind of Merlin's job to be taking care of Arthur in this way and, like, protecting him, but it's also Merlin's job to, like, be a full-time student. So it's it's a little bit different than the show in that regard and i think i think all those are fun but they're definitely not necessary to know to be able to read and enjoy the fic
2: i actually have something to contribute to this as someone who has never seen the show but does know about an easter egg so in one of the aforementioned times in which someone was like you talked about the student prince and i went yes um our friend Akiko tree had um dm'd me and said um One of my favorite tiny details of that fic is that it references a series of Goldblund coffee commercials, which the actor who plays Arthur's father, um, the actor being Anthony Stewart Head, was in his early career. It was a series of 12 ads that ran between 1987 and 1993, in which Anthony Stewart Head's character fell in love with his neighbor via lending each other coffee. At one point in the student Prince Arthur says something like, I'm not going to fall in love with a woman over Goldblund, I'm gay. And that's one of the things I love about this fic is the way authors can work in Easter eggs for readers to discover. When I'm writing fic myself, that's one of my favorite things, working in a bunch of references to niche stuff in the fandom. Um, I thought that was so delightful. Like, so so the Goldblend thing comes up a couple times because um, in the fic, that is how Arthur's parents met is by lending each other Goldblend coffee. And then, yeah, in this dramatic moment at the end, he does say, I'm not going to fall in love with a woman over Goldblend. I'm gay. Um, and I do think, like, speaking, I guess, more broadly than just beyond the student prince, I do think that is such a fun thing when a fic is fully accessible to people outside of the fandom, um, but also has those fun little Easter eggs and references that if you do catch just like make the fic that much more delightful. Um, I really, I really love when a fic does that. And like, yes, I would totally agree with what Brenna said that I do not think it detracted from my enjoyment at all, that I did not catch the references to the show. But I love being a reader who is reading in a fandom that I know and picking up on those little things, especially if they're not like taken directly from context, but sort of like twist it a little bit to fit what the fic is um i think those little alterations are very fun as well um also i did watch um Akiko tree had sent like a it's like i don't know like a two or three minute youtube documentary it's like three minutes long but it was sort of explaining the like popularity of the gold blend coffee commercials that i found like fascinating and delightful um so if you have any interest go look that up i don't know anything about merlin and i still thought it was like a really fun little bit of trivia yeah that's really cool
0: and i liked like one thing that I really enjoyed about this fic I don't know how much of this is show canon um but I really liked how it like the way it incorporated backstory um like Arthur's backstory was really interesting because like specifically with these commercials and everything like that there's this tv-esque love story that happened between his parents um that he is expected to live up to and that People are kind of waiting for him to find love in that way. Um, It's mentioned as early as before he's even really introduced when Gwen is like, ooh, like maybe I'll fall in love with the prince. (laughs) Uh, And this burden of expectation I find really interesting, especially... I don't know. There was one turn in the fic where Merlin's like, "Oh, they're they're talking to each other," um, and Merlin's like, "Well, I didn't think you'd be like this." And Arthur goes in this whole spiel like, "How would you be then if everyone was constantly like watching you and waiting for you to be a certain way?" And my feelings about famous sort started going off in the back of my head. But, <laughs> um, it was interesting because I thought it was like a very sympathetic speech, and then you get
1: Merlin's response, which is like, "Oh, boohoo, you're a fucking prince, get over it." And I was like, "Oh, boy." <laughs> Yeah, that is really funny, because it's kind of one of the first moments that you're really sympathetic towards Arthur's side of everything. Like, it's not that Arthur's been, like, unlikable, but he's also been a bit of a, like just posh brat about stuff yeah. so far and that's kind of the first moment that you really get more inside his head and realize like how he feels about everything um and how he feels about everyone kind of like having their own perceptions of him and their perceptions of what their relationship would, with him would be like and yeah it it is kind of just wild that merlin's like i'm not giving up on this fight though i'm still gonna like <laughs> see this argument out actually yeah. from
2: my side and we can reconcile about it later i mean that really does seem to be a through line is like There's points where even in Merlin's internal narration, he's like, I don't even necessarily agree with what I'm saying. I'm just still mad. And so I'm going to keep having this argument until I'm not mad. Which, like, I find deeply relatable. I don't
1: know. It's hard sometimes, even as you're aware that the other person is making, like, the right or rational or, like, understandable argument back. You're like, but I'm still, like, mad about it. And I can't just stop being mad about it because you said, like a good thing. Right. You're wrong because I'm angry. Yeah. <laughs> and later on, I'll I'll fix that. But. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just interesting to see the way that their relationship develops, because it does start so spiky. Um, uh, Like, I just think that's really funny. Like, I've read a few fics like that that I can remember really liking, where the main characters seem to start out disliking each other almost for no reason. They're just like, they got off, they get off on the wrong foot, and then it's they're off to the races for a while, um and I really like that because I think it's you get such a satisfying moment at some point where they both are almost too tired to fight and I always really, really love that moment where things get peeled back a little bit, and you get to see like oh, there's some vulnerability, like oh there's like there's some human connection here, and they both have been really, really silly and ridiculous about this fight. I just love the character development that that kind of an arc does, and I think that that worked really well in this fic.
2: Nick, would you yeah. say that that kind of an arc is maybe um, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> pretty central to, like, enemies no. to friends to lovers? <laughs> like, which is a trope that you have actively said you dislike yes. and yet just described
0: really liking. Okay, no, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing i like this arc sometimes does that show up in enemies to lovers fic maybe i'm not reading it (laughs) uh but (laughs) okay here's the thing though i think enemies is such a specific like enemies is intense like enemies to lovers fic i have a hard time with because i feel like frequently while they're enemies they do stuff that like i wouldn't forgive someone for like why are they forgiving each other just because he's hot that's garbage so I feel like that is its
2: own, it's, it's, its own separate thing. This is like a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Okay, but but Merlin very much does forgive Arthur for stuff because he's hot. Like a lot of Merlin's internal <laughs> narration is him being, like, That's true. him being like this, like posh brat, blah, blah, blah. Oh, but he's so hot. And it's like, okay, well, I guess you're an 18 year old boy. So like.
0: I'll allow it because he thinks Arthur's hot when Arthur is, like, lifting heavy boxes and, like, being to people, <laughs> so then, like, that's fine, actually.
1: The thing is, though, like, as much as Arthur and Merlin, like, kind of get off on the wrong foot and, like, very much also don't like each other kind of because they fall into, like, these certain stereotypes at the beginning and, like, kind of categorize each other into these boxes, like, they're not ever actually enemies. They're just Thank kind you. of, like, roommates who dislike each other, which, like, at the beginning of the show, they also don't get along. Like, the beginning of the show starts with them very much not getting along, for very similar reasons as this fic. They don't have to share a room in the show, but, like, they kind of have the same perception of each other, uh, as they do at the beginning of this fic. But, like, in both instances, they're never, like, each other's mortal enemy. (laughs) Which I think, like, here's my, here's one of my gripes with enemies to friends to lovers, which isn't this fic, but I'm just airing it anyway. It's, like, People will be like, oh, like enemies to lovers, but then like they'll categorize something like this as enemies. It's like, no, they just don't like each other very much at the beginning. Like, that's not enemies. Like, that's just like someone you don't get along with. Have you like, ever had that's... an enemy?
2: Come on. You and Nick are like on opposite ends of the spectrum where Nick is like, they are too mean at the beginning of enemies to friends to lovers and I don't like it. And you were like, if they're not mean enough, I don't like it. But
1: here's the thing. Like, the thing I really like about when enemies to lovers is done well is like because it kind of uses that, like, intense hatred to be like, okay, what is this hate actually standing in for? Maybe it's some other emotion. Or, like, we've allowed each other to kind of be this certain version of ourselves with each other that we weren't with anyone else because I didn't need you to like me. Like, it's this very intense relationship that I think then can be, like, peeled back and, like, revealed to have been anchored by maybe something else or could be morphed into something else. But if it's just, like, Oh, we didn't like each other for a while at the beginning. Like that doesn't give any basis to have like these intense emotions about each other. And then it really does ask the question of like, okay, but what's making you like like each other about other things? Like Amen. In this fic they only dislike each other for like a couple chapters. <laughs> 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 but in other fics where it's like, oh, they're enemies, but then it's like has they have an argument like in this fic, it's like, okay, that's not really like enemies. Anyway, that's um...
2: (laughs) our brief soapbox about the enemies of friends to lovers (laughs) trope, which this fic is not tagged for. Which this fic is not. No. (laughs) No. But it is bickering roommates to friends to lovers, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned for our new Fit Click Define series, where
0: (laughs) we give you the correct definitions for tropes. People, pay attention.
1: So Reed mentioned friend of the pod, Akiko Tree, sending them a comment about student prints a while ago, but they also kindly wrote us a very long comment in our form that I kind of wanted to shout out. Um, It's too long for me to just read verbatim, although it's very good, but I was just going to kind of pull a few little bits. I really liked reading this, especially because I think it kind of mimicked my own feelings rereading it. They also say that it was something that they read... Pretty early on, after I had finished posting, um, and they just reread it all after we said that we were going to be doing an episode on it, which I just absolutely love. But some of the parts that they had like shouted out as remaining really strongly in their mind were some of my favorites as well. The we Weekend, the part where like Merlin puts the dragon in the plane, <laughs> which I will explain because it's a really good scene, but like sounds just whack when I say it if you haven't read the fic. Um, but those are some things that like really stood out to me as well. So it's just really fun to see that like we all kind of have a collective memory of the fic in like a similar way. Um, they definitely shouted out also just like the uh, some of the genuine friendships that, like, Merlin has with the other characters and the ensemble cast nature of it. Uh, the fact that a bunch of the villains in the fic are based on actual villains from the show, which, again, really delightful. Like, and it's also just very funny to kind of, like, in in modern... In, like, Merlin modern magic AUs, it's always very funny because, like, we have this particular picture of them in their, like, little medieval outfits doing their little medieval tasks. And so I always just love to see how uh, authors interpret both the main cast and any, like, side characters they bring in in modern ways Um, and kind of how much of their initial, like, magicalness that they're allowed to retain i think one of my favorite ones from this fic is uh sophia who is like a fae they call her like part of like the she which i had to look up how you pronounce that because wow in my head it's been different for like 15 years kids (laughs) um but yeah i like i loved her in the stick i think that that's a really cool example of how it meshes like the kind of old folklore magic that even Merlin references at times with this very modern setting. Um sorry, that's kind of my own tangent in the middle of Akiko trees comments. <laughs> Please forgive me. <laughs> um yeah, they just wrote about like some of the other easter eggs uh that like fans could enjoy um and just how silly and funny it is at times. I think that remains really true. Like I had genuine laugh out loud moments during this even though I've reread it multiple times and like the characters can be just so funny even sometimes when i'm a little bit like ah because that was also like a pop culture reference from like 2010 it's still funny (laughs) um so yeah i just really loved reading this comment from them and like how much it got to my own reading experience they do also kind of touch on some of the stuff that didn't age as well which i think all of us also talked about both like off the record during our pre-discussion and mentioned at the beginning but like there's this sort of one OC who's he's not like a villain, but he's just a total jerk throughout the whole fic. Um, and he's a lot of like he's where a lot of the kind of jarring and uncomfortable language comes from. Um, and it is interesting to think, like, I don't remember it being as jarring when I first read it in 2010. And I don't know how much of that is like my own like mental state having changed, how much of that is like our culture having changed. Um, but yeah, I, honestly, I found that kind of an interesting reread from that perspective as well, like of of what has changed to make my perception of this character even more different. I mean, I, he's supposed to be a jerk. I always thought he was a jerk. But like, just reading what he was saying while being a jerk, <laughs> like, has, I kind of have different feelings about it now in 2021. This is a fact that I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people that
0: I know have a lot of nostalgia about, um, much like the television show Friends. Um Not familiar personally, didn't watch it or witness it when it was popular, but I know a lot of people who are very fond of it, you know, and like, we're like, oh yeah, that was such a big part of my childhood. Like, even when we mentioned we were going to be doing this fic, people were responding to the Twitter account and the server and everything like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Like, I love that. I love that. I think that speaks so much to what this is as a fandom classic that like, at a certain point stories can transcend themselves like it it became kind of a cultural moment in fandom and i think that's really really cool and i love being able to engage with that it is weird to be engaging with it from this position now (laughs) like i don't know what's happening i'm just here to have a good time um i feel like i am trying to recreate an experience that I really can't, that I could have had if I had gotten here 10 years earlier, um, but it's still really cool to witness it and to see the different emotions that people have around it and that it still engenders in people when they think about it and when we mention it and they hear that we're gonna do it, like, that just that excitement was so joyful and it really made me think about, like, I don't know, like, fandom can create really special moments in and of itself. Um, I mean, I think that's true of any media in any culture, but it's really cool to see how, like, something that was already made out of and received with love, like, that love perpetuates upon itself as the years go by and it has this nostalgia around it. I just think that's really cool.
2: Can I completely switch gears and talk about Raisin Weekend? Because it is um, <laughs> such a good part of this fic. And Please do. Um, as we've sort of alluded to in some of the comments, like, Brad, you were saying, like, that's something that stood out to you. That's something that stood out to Akiko Tree. Um, Truly an iconic part of this fic, I think.
1: I have never read, like, a fic having something (laughs) similar to Raisin Weekend in this fic. Like, I think that's a huge part of why it, like, stands out so strongly in my brain. And, like, against other university AUs, too. Like, what?
2: (laughs) Yeah, so, um, once again, I'm taking everything this fic writes as fact that this does in fact occur at St. Andrews University, and if it doesn't, well... I'm so sorry, listeners who uh, may have attended or be familiar with that university, um, which we will get back to. Uh, yeah, we will. Um, but Raisin Weekend, um, as, as far as I grasp it, so like you come in as a fresher, new to the college, um, and you have to sort of seek out for yourself an upperclassman to be your academic mother and your academic dad or get offered. Um So Morgana adopts, um, Merlin, who also is like, oh, if you're taking me, you have to take my friend Gwen too. And she's like, yeah, sick, okay. Um, Arthur is also one of, um, the academic children under Morgana. Um, and then Lance is their academic dad. And basically this weekend is just designed to, one, get these freshmen as drunk as humanly possible, um, and two to just embarrass them as much as humanly possible um so there's all sorts of like rituals and traditions that go around it they have like a a, quote-unquote a tea party um filled with drinking games with like very nice china and stuff and all the china is filled with like whiskey and like mysterious blue punch um etc etc um there's a part of the weekend in which they are given like their raisin string which i gather is kind of like a tassel to go on your like academic robes um and some people get like nice things and like Merlin is, like, looking around at people who have things like tampons and, like, at the end of their strike and he's like, oh, oh, god, oh, god, like, what am I gonna get on mine? Um, there's a bit where, uh, they get dressed up in costumes and then have to, like, lug something across the quad in costume, um, and then participate in, like, a shaving cream fight. It is just wild. And in between all of this, they are drinking copious amounts. Uh, wow, there's a lot of, a lot of getting drunk in this fic um
0: yeah we didn't warn for like extreme alcohol use but that definitely is a thing in the <laughs> yeah <thick. laughs>
2: yeah i was just thinking that yeah um i guess along with the university AU is like this is a university in which they drink a lot uh but reason weekend was so fun i think in part because it was so detailed um sort of what i was saying in my little like intro bit that part of what i loved about this fic is how deeply rooted in its university au it is um this really lends to it like the world of St. Andrews is so rich and you are so, so, so engrossed in their college life. And part of that is this absolutely off-the-walls weekend that they have. Um, there's also, like, there's a lot of fun, like, character stuff that's happening there. There's, like, flirty things with Merlin and Arthur and then a whole thing that's, like, Arthur and Gwen and Lance that apparently is, like, you know, for them in the fake, it's like, ooh, angsty teens who have crushes on each other. But, like, for the dragon, it's like, mm, this is this is part of the circle of time that this is, like, always meant to be. <laughs> Which is, like, wild, but so fun. Um, I don't know. I could keep going on and on. But I think part of the reason why I loved this so much, and probably part of the reason why it stuck out to Brenna and to other readers, is because I think this weekend is a huge part, or, like, a, a very good example of what makes the au of this fic so rich and so fun and so like wonderful to get into
0: yeah one thing i really liked about the raisin weekend sequence was that it felt like it really was the peak of the pre-relationship tension like, that was really where I felt the most like anticipation. The will they, won't they, like, what's going to happen? Arthur's making out with Gwen at one point. You're like, no, 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 that's not supposed to happen here. Um, I am a Gwen slash Lance truther after this fix. So I really was like, <laughs> no, uh, please, the end game of Gwen Lance cannot be disrupted by this. Thankfully, they were fine. But like, I just loved how cleverly it amped up the tension because it really used like this is what i was saying earlier like the fic is so embodied in its setting it used its surroundings the different party games that they play for the raisin weekend the different things that are happening they are all so integral to the emotional arc and the rising tension like i don't know there just was something so smart about the way the pieces interlocked the game where they had to like pass chocolate back and forth but the little chocolate sticks would get shorter and then they like sort of like they almost kissed but like it wasn't really a kiss but like there was the the, their their lips touched and Merlin was feeling a lot of feelings about it and then like the game where they were like playing Twister but with body parts that was wild Uh, and Merlin was like grab that arse Gwen and Gwen (laughs) took that as permission to like make out with Arthur and that was a whole (laughs) like it's so... It exists so firmly in the events that are happening. That's something that I hate doing as an author, so I respected it, like, triply so, reading it in this fic, because I think it's so difficult. But that's what I mean, really, when I was talking about how much I like the pacing of this fic, too. I think the way that plot events lined up with the emotional arc really, really worked for me, and Raisin Weekend was, like, the prime example of that.
1: Yeah, I think, like, for me, I out of the three of us, I'm generally not a fan of, like, college or university AUs, um, but this one, like, remains one of my favorites I've ever read, and I think a big part of that is just because it's so different from, like, my own college experience, and, like, I read this fic first before I ever went to college, but, like, I also knew my college experience wasn't going to be like this, <laughs> like, <laughs> I was very much going to, like, go to a American college, not, like, St. Andrews, um. And I think the detailed nature of scenes like Raisin Weekend really just made it so fun. Like, the characters a few times have references to, like, feeling like they're going off to Hogwarts or whatever. Like, Gwen and Merlin talk about that when they're, like, on the train up to St. Andrews, the very beginning of the fic. And, like, I think this fic kind of, for me, had the same feeling as, like, when you are reading a book where, like, they go to a magical school or something, like Harry Potter, or any of the other ones where there's, like, wizarding schools, but just that feeling of, like, getting to learn all the cool school traditions that, like, don't exist in your own life, and, like, thinking about how you would be in all of them, like, was just really delightful for me when I first read it and, like, remains delightful now. Um, I also think, like, detailed scenes like that are one of the reasons that this fic has had, like, staying power. Like, that's the kind of thing that really sticks in your brain and is really, like, iconic to this fic in particular. Um, Just how detailed the setting of St. Andrew's is, I think, is one of the best parts about it. It's not oh a vague kind of college that like that's like a mashup of all of these other colleges like you often get both in tv shows and media but also in fics this is like one very specific college and we're gonna go in hard on it and i just love that i think it worked so much better for me as a reader i think like one of the one of the parts of that weekend that was like funniest for me that i remember being funny at the beginning like when i first read this fic and was also funny now is like when they show up, like supremely hungover, to get their little costumes on for their trek across the school, and Merlin and Arthur kind of seeing all these other people go by in all of their little costumes, and they like get to the house and they see someone dressed up as a Smurf, and they're like, oh god. And they like never see it coming that Morgana is gonna dress them up as like <laughs> King Arthur, Wizard Merlin, and Queen Guinevere. <laughs> like each time I read this, I'm like, how did you fools not <laughs> see this coming? <laughs> Like, there's been so many jokes about your name, so many jokes about the fact that, like, when people realize that Gwen is also short for Guinevere, like, how did you not see this? And the fact that, like, Morgana mixes it up so, like, that um, Gwen is King Arthur, Arthur is Wizard Merlin, and Merlin is Queen Guinevere is just iconic. Like, that scene will pretty much live in my brain forever. I And I think, like, we got kind of a question that was about... What allows Fix to like age well or not, and we can kinda of get back to that later. But I think one of the things that like I think has given this Fix kind of fandom classic staying power is these really detailed, iconic moments like Raisin Weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean, sort of along the lines of this, and um when I said I would I would get back to um me not knowing St. Andrews personally, we did get a submission from someone, um, who is anonymous who said that they went to St. Andrews Uh, where the story is set and it had admittedly very small but a reputation there um within the uni um I'm just gonna read this it says according to legend it actually inspired some people to apply that kind of thing I certainly only read it because someone mentioned it to me once when I was at the uni and looking for things I recognized was a major part of the appeal one of the main things I remember about it is that it isn't the romance or anything it's that there was an offhand mention of a lecturer who I had actually had a lecture from a couple weeks previous before I read the fic um, and then they ask, so I guess I was wondering how the setting shapes the story if you're not already invested in the concept of St. Andrews. Would it function the same way if it was somewhere else, i.e. a different uni or a generic made-up one? Which I think we did touch on, like, no. I think yeah. the setting of this fic really is mm-hmm. so much of it. But I also just think that is wild. Um, <laughs> yeah. That it has, like, a sort of legend status. Even if it's, like, small and only sort of within the in the no circles. The fact that it is, this fic is well-known enough to have been, like, sort of passed around at uni, and, like, in the fic, Prince Arthur commits to going to St. Andrews, and then the rate of applications, especially from women, like, skyrockets, and the idea that there could be even a handful (laughs) of people in the real world (laughs) who applied to St. Andrews because of this fic is wild, in the best possible way, like, that is fandom power at work, baby. Yeah, I'm- beyond obsessed with that we got this ask in our google forum and i was like oh my god this is the best possible thing i ever could have learned
1: yeah and like i was doing a little googling about something else related to this fic um and i came across someone on making a tumblr post i think about how when they were like uh on a vacation in the area they went to visit st andrew's just because they liked the student prints so much and i was like yes i would too like i genuinely would too." <laughs> I just thought that that was amazing as well, just kind of as an added on note.
2: I also I think it's so interesting because um, folks on our server have mentioned this from time to time. Like if you're reading a fic set, maybe like in the city you live in or whatever, like you can usually tell if it's like written by someone who knows it or someone who doesn't. Um, but usually those things are like, oh, you know, if I was reading a fic, I don't know, set in Los Angeles, and I was like, mm, you think it only takes 20 minutes to get from there to there? You fool. But like, usually it's like mm-hmm. bigger stuff like that, right? Like landmarks or whatever. The fact that this person's clue in was, oh, they mentioned a lecturer that I had had like a week previous.
0: That's no joke. <laughs> oh
2: my gosh. Yeah. Wow, that is just
0: incredible. So as I was reading this fic, I was thinking a lot about, you know, schooling and what different schools can offer you. Uh, For Merlin, for example, the school offers him an opportunity to cultivate his magical practice. Um, So I just wanted to say that I was especially excited as we read this fic that this episode is the one that's being sponsored by Green Knight University. So if you somehow haven't heard of them, Green Knight University is an online university you can attend from literally anywhere. Like where you're listening to this podcast right now, you could be going to Green Knight University. Um, And they have a lot of really amazing programs for you know, unconventional students who might not be getting what they need at a normal university, right? I mean, Green Knight is totally normal. But, you know, if you're looking for something a little bit extra,
1: I think this is a really good um, opportunity to explore something new. So one of the things that a lot of students feel like they're missing out on when they attend an online university rather than an in-person university is sometimes like the study abroad uh, opportunities Mm, that exist. But with Green Knight University, you can just do a little click of the dragon icon um, and it will take you to class opportunities hosted around the world from various other universities that they partner with. Uh, It's a great opportunity to get to meet different lecturers in places that you aren't physically um, and to get to experience some different cultures and types of learning environments.
2: One of the things that I think is so cool about Green Knight University is really the diversity of classes that it offers. Um, Just things that you really might not be getting from your quote unquote typical university experience. For example, I was clicking around in that course catalog Brenna mentioned and I saw a class about World of Warcraft. It is so cool. And it says like, you can be Alliance or Horde and you, you could have been playing this game for years or maybe have just picked it up. But this is a university that will teach you how to get better at World of Warcraft. Is that not so cool? God, you know me, Reed's Video Game Corner. That really appealed to me. That really (laughs) stuck out. Um, Yeah, God, like I, I wish I had that class when I went to university.
0: Totally. There's also so many clubs and organizations that you can join um, if you're interested in, so funny we were talking about this earlier actually, but they do have a macrame club. So if you wanna learn to tie some knots and make some cool things, um, you know, sometimes I've heard it described as making something out of nothing, which I think is really cool. Um, Some underground societies, if you're looking for something a bit more, you know, exciting and exclusive, um, truly, though, so many opportunities, mentorship opportunities with professors, lots of like hands-on practical experience at Green Knight University.
2: So you can check them out at greenetuniversity.edu. And if you use the special promo code FICCLICK when you're submitting your application, that fee totally waived. So send in your application for free on us and uh, see what opportunities Green Knight University can uh, give to you.
0: So, one of the things that we really wanted to talk about too was um, we got a comment and a question from Blue Dreaming, who said, This was probably the first Merlin fic I ever read, and I actually listened to it first. The Podfic is fabulous. I still reread it periodically, as well as listen to both the Podfic and text to speech. The Podfic definitely shaped the way I view the story. Um, and Blue Dreaming also then asked, Are there fics that you've experienced via Podfic first, and do you ever go back and read the fic afterwards? Um so I really loved that. Um I have made no uh, efforts at hiding the fact that I am a Podfic stan on this podcast big fan. Um, I only got to listen to a little bit of this podfic. Um, it's she's long, y'all. It's a really long podfic. Um, uh, but what I did listen to was really cool and I can see I think an author reading their own fic is always really, really great. I think it gives you some more insight into their writing process, into what they wanted to accomplish. And I was saying this uh to Brennan Reed, but like this fic needed a British narrator. I think. <laughs> so I think that was really cool too to see like to hear it in their voice Um, like even more immersive than the writing already was in that setting I definitely have listened to pod fic before reading a fic I've done it a couple of times for the show actually um Reed brought a critical role fic a while back that I read nope that I listened to before I read I did also read it as I read all the fic for this pod but um, I listened to it and it was a really cool experience to get to listen to it first and then go back and pick up nuances in the writing and the pacing and stuff. Um, but the one that comes to mind most for me is a podfic of a BTS fic done by the 24th Key, who I think is a really stellar pod personally. If you're listening, the 24th Key, you're great. Agreed. Uh, yeah, the podfic fic is uh, of the fic before things come together. It's a Namjoon slash Jin fic. Um, it's four and a half to five hours in length. Uh, which is, I think, the longest Podfic I've listened to. Um, and I listened to it for the first time because I was commuting from my university to my childhood home and back. So I was like, what am I going to do on this drive? Like, I've made it enough times. Like, my playlist is boring. And I was like, okay, I'll find a long Podfic." So I picked this one. To date, I have never read the fic, but I've listened to the Podfic three times. So I think that is an example of, like, I'm really attached to that podfic. Um, I think it's a really lovely story. I mean, shout out to the author, Light. It's a really nice story. <laughs> I'm sorry I haven't given you the hit on the fic, uh, but I think I just really loved the experience of getting to hear it first. If we had had more time, and if this was shorter, I think I would have listened to this podfic um, of the student prince and then gone back and filled in the blanks um, that just my memory couldn't hold on to. But Uh, unfortunately logistically it wasn't really possible this time Um, but yeah I really love this question because it's something that I do think about sometimes it's a different experience listening to a fic and listening to it before and after reading it very different experiences depending on the order of what you're even doing and what you're trying to get out of it so yeah I think that's my that's my long-winded answer
2: yeah I'll just briefly chime in Um, first of all now I'm feeling very soft and emotional because one of the times that you listened to that Namjin podfic was with me when we had a 13-hour car drive together. Um, and it was <laughs> yeah. really Good delightful. Not th- Well, the car drive was fine, I guess, actually. But the <laughs> delightful part was listening to the podfic and getting to sort of react to it yeah. together um, out loud. But, um, yeah, I actually think this is really interesting because um, I've had a number of fics where I've read the fic first and then listened to the podfic. I've had a couple times where I will listen to the podfic and read the fic at the same time. Like, both are new to me. Yeah. Um, and the nice thing about that is that I think we've all said before on the pod that we have a tendency to, like, skip down while reading. Like, not on purpose, but just sort of, like, my eyes will go further down the page. And when I'm listening to a podfic and reading a fic at the same time, I force myself to not do that. Um, and part of it is because I'm listening to the words. And so that is, for sure, an interesting experience, um... But I do think it's kind of funny or interesting because the one podfic that I am still in the middle of listening to, but the one podfic where I started it first without looking for anything of the text is also one where the author read their fic. Um, friend of the pod, Tiffany. Tiffany, if you're listening, um, I am halfway through the tethered podfic, fic, uh, which I was talking to Tiffany um, about how, like, she was foraying into pod and stuff, and I hadn't read the fic yet. And I was like, you know what? Like, why don't I just listen first? And that has been... So, so, so fun. And I think, Nick, like what you were saying, it's so interesting to knowing that it's the own author's voice. And yeah, I fully agree. Um, When this fic came up, like when we said we were going to bring it to the pod, a couple of our ficlets in the Discord server immediately mentioned the pod fic. And were this not the length of that it is, um, I also definitely think I would have, if not listened to the whole thing, like listened to a decent chunk as a pod fic, but um, I had procrastinated reading this and... I can read much faster than I can listen to podfic. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe someday I'll I'll go back and listen to a bit of it because I just think that'd be fun. But I think podfic is so wonderful. Um, Nick's already said a lot of the things I think I love about it. But, yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'll just share my thoughts really quick. (laughs) I am far less involved in, like, the world of podfic than my co-hosts. Not because I don't think it's cool, but just I have not really participated in the making of it or much of the listening of it. I'm a pretty impatient person um, when it comes to a lot of things, and I have a hard time, like, listening to, like... Podfic or like audiobooks as well, I I struggle with. So I think it's kind of in the similar vein. Um I can listen to podcasts because there generally is no written version. But if there is a written version, I'll just go read it. (laughs) Um I there's a lot of podfics I want to listen to, and The Student Prince has been one of the ones that I really have wanted to for a while. I did not know it existed until like a couple years ago, I think, when I saw someone mention it. And then recently, yeah, some people in our server, as well as a friend on Twitter, all were like, You should listen to the podfic. And I was like, I want to, but unfortunately, like I don't have the time or like the time that's good for podfic listening. Yeah. Like I can't listen while I'm doing my kind of job. I can't listen while I'm doing like a lot of the things I'm doing these days. I no longer have a commute to work where I would listen to like audio content. Um I think I would do the best listening to podfic in situations where like I'm on a long car trip or like I'm on an airplane. But that hasn't happened in 2020 so <laughs> um, or 2021
2: when we're recording this yeah fair <laughs> enough Reed.
1: i keep forgetting even though we're like blast two months from the into past. the year <laughs> anyway my point <laughs> is i've not done much traveling in the last while um and yeah like i have no longer have a commute so i don't that's when i did a lot of my like podcasts that could have also been podfic instead um that being said, I do really want to listen to this one, especially because I love the story so much and it's been so widely recommended. Um, but yeah, I Reed was saying that they sometimes have like listened while reading um the fic at the same time. I literally can't do that. <laughs> like I just I will be like five chapters ahead reading, like listening to the person talk from like way back <laughs> when, and that's not it, unfortunately. So I have to make sure that I can't look at the text while also listening, um, but perhaps next time I'm on a long journey of some sort, I will be listening to this. And I will probably not update you, but if you follow me on Twitter, <laughs> maybe you'll get an update there. Fred, will you update me? I'll update you. Okay, I'm just you. not going to be like, <clears throat> that was a great discussion on uh, fic about Batman, but also <laughs> fic puts, I just wanted to let you know that I finally listened Batman. to the pod <laughs> version of <laughs> <laughs> The Student Prince by Faye J, so... Um, all right, so we've talked a bit about, like, how this works as, like, an adaptation, the things that you might have gotten if you have watched the show versus if you haven't, but one of the things I wanted to talk about as well, which is more of a minor part of this fic, but really freaking funny to me, is the dragon. Um, so, for everyone else, The dragon doesn't really exist. Um, It's just the symbol that's used on these doors that are kind of the magical doors in the university that kind of allow you to, like, open the door and you get to somewhere else. So, like, Merlin uses that to get to, like, Guy's office that isn't actually on the grounds of St. Andrews. Um, For Merlin, the dragon carvings or sigils or drawings or whatever is on the door do talk to him. (laughs) (laughs) Just like the great dragon in Merlin. Um, And the dragon... Is such a funny character in this. Um, The very first time Merlin encounters the dragon is like the first time he tries to go see Gaius, and the dragon on the door is like, Oh, young Merlin, back so soon! And Merlin's like, What the fuck? (laughs) Like, I've never been here before. This is like my second day on campus. It's my very first time using one of these dragon doors. Like, what is going on? But that scene doesn't last very long, but the dragon like shows up more and more as you go through the the story. So at first you kind of are just like, oh, this dragon is like a legendary creature who's like been around for a very long time. Um, but then the dragon kind of starts acting even more so like it knew Merlin back in the day and Merlin and Arthur and everyone else. And it's the kind of reason you start to pick up on like the once and futureness of this fic. Like this fic does not purport to be like a reincarnation au in the way that a lot of other merlin fix are where it's like very blatantly a reincarnation au maybe they even at some point remember their past lives um but this one is kind of a like cyclical events <laughs> au where like you don't really know if it's exactly the same like soul of merlin that's like in merlin now but like the dragon did have an experience with Merlin and Arthur back in the day. And like now is with them again. And so is everyone else. Um, But there's a scene that I really like where uh, Merlin is talking to the dragon, um, kind of still pretty early on in the fic, maybe like a quarter of the way through. And he's asking the dragon, like, so like, you're immortal, like, why let your soul be bound to the school of sorcery? Like, it's great for us, but why would you let yourself be trapped? And it goes, the dragon tilted its head because you promised that you would set me free, it said. And Merlin felt a chill run down his spine. And like, I remember reading that and being like, oh, dude, like, (laughs) one, I just love. Love when you kind of don't see the bigger machinations at work happening until someone says something, and two, like that's one of the clearest tiebacks to like the show. Like, like I just really like that the relationship that Merlin and the dragon had in the show is is also canon here. Not just in that it's how they have a relationship now, but like the relationship they had back then is tied back in. Um, And I just think that that was so clever. I remember like gasping the first time I read this fic and like got to that point. And it was still really delightful. Also, the dragon's just funny, like, much more so than he ever was in the show. Like, he's kind of funny, not on purpose in the show, I think. But he's funny very much on purpose in this fic.
2: Yeah, um, I said at the beginning that Morgana was my favorite character. Uh, The dragon is my second favorite character, I think, especially in the beginning. Um, I think part of the humor of it, too, comes from Merlin being absolutely clueless when it comes to like a lot of his own (laughs) powers and magic like there are so many bits in the beginning where like morgana will say something like oh my god like that's wild that you like uh summoned a kraken accidentally like haha next thing i know you'll be like talking to the dragon haha and meanwhile like merlin's had like six conversations with it and he's like haha yeah like wild um and the dragon like i i never do that what dragon <laughs> <laughs> exactly um and i think the dragon perpetuates a lot of that too with its sort of like the once and future king etc cetera, etc cetera. um like i think the dragon itself is just funny like i think the super serious tone and then contrasted later when it's like Ah, I am the great one. Give me an iPod. And Merlin's like, okay. Um, (laughs) Like that is super humorous. But also um, I think there is some like dramatic irony or whatever that is just funny in like Merlin is so strong. He can do absolutely buck wild things with his magic and he does not know anything. There's not like one single bit of information in his head. And I find that really funny. And I think the dragon like is a big part of like how we see that humor come through.
1: There is a really iconic scene later on in this fic that uh, I think I mentioned kind of briefly earlier, but um, in this fic, like, Arthur has his pilot's license and he goes flying every weekend on this, like, plane he owns and one time he takes Merlin up as well. Merlin, who's never been on a plane, is, like, kind of freaking out but in a very fun and delightful way. Um, And then, like, everything starts to go wrong uh, and they're like engines start failing and like the plane's gonna crash and Merlin being the quick thinker that he always is um it's like how do how do I save us and he knows that he can create these dragon doors basically um if he draws a symbol of the dragon and then kind of pulls the magic through so he does that to like the main door of the plane um and it's like great if you Hi, dragon. If you create like a safe passage for us back to school, um, you can have the plane. Like you wanted to not be in the school, so here's a plane that you can inhabit as your metal bodily vessel now. Um, and and it works. He gets him and Arthur back to their uh, dormitory, and like the dragon is now also a plane. <laughs> Which is very funny, and like he comes back to visit him as a plane, and it's, <laughs> it's really hysterical. But this also leads into Merlin then having to divulge to Arthur that he's a magician. Arthur's like, yeah, I fucking know magic exists. Like, of course I do. Which... Is one of those things that I always found really entertaining in Merlin fic whether or not the author would decide to go with the canon Arthur doesn't know anything about magic or the like it's really silly that Arthur doesn't know about anything about <laughs> magic so let's fix that <laughs> and I think in this case it definitely works that like Arthur knows it exists but that he's mad that Merlin never told him. But um, then there's a follow-up scene where like Merlin has to divulge to Guys like everything that he did to like save him and Arthur and that like the plane is now the dragon and guys, is like, you didn't want to just, like, use your magic to, like, have a safe landing. You wanted to turn the plane into
2: a dragon. And Merlin's like, I thought it would be easier. Which, yeah, it's just, I love that. Those memes when you see a thing that's, like, point A to point B and there's, like, a direct line and then there's, like, the dotted squiggly mm-hmm. that goes, like, eight mm-hmm. different, like, circuitous <laughs> loops around yeah. the map. That is what Merlin does. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there are an infinite number of things he could have done that were easier and just make more sense than let's turn the plane yeah. into a dragon.
1: Also that like one that's like an aggressive car turning <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But it's like the
2: straight path is like using magic for a safe landing and the right is like turn plane into dragon. Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: I did very much love when Arthur was like of course I know about magic like I'm the prince like what did you think they were going to wait until my dad died and be like, "Oh, by the way, magic's real." Um I as someone who's not in the fandom, like I didn't know that the, I guess that was a uh, a choice that authors sort of have to make one way or another with their fic.
1: Well, I guess Arthur, like, knows magic exists, but Arthur never knows that Merlin has magic in the mm. show until the very yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, So, sorry, that's kind But in a modern AU where magic is much more hidden, then authors kind of have to make the choice of, like, does he know it exists and Merlin doesn't have it? Does he not know it exists at all? Is he aware that Merlin has it? Like, that's always kind of up in the air.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I really liked the way it was done here. Um, I really liked that bit where, like, Arthur was mad not because he, like, found out magic existed or whatever. He was, like, yeah, I knew this existed and you've been lying to me. This sucks. Um, I will say my, okay, I thought the, like, turning the dragon into a plane scene was, like, very fun. There was a little bit of my brain that was, like, okay, the dragon transports them from on the plane to in their dormitory, but there was, like, a driver and a bodyguard who both escorted Arthur and Merlin to the airport, and I was, like, what, what about, like, how, how are we explaining the like, oop, didn't land my plane, but like, don't worry, I'm just like back in my dorm now. I think it very briefly gets mentioned that Gaius is like, oh, I'll deal with it. But it doesn't get mentioned for like a while. Like, there's a significant amount of time where I was like, but what about the people still at the airport? But like, you just don't worry about it.
0: Merlin is too busy staring at Arthur. Who yeah, cares? literally. <laughs> that man is hot.
1: Yeah. Well, then he's too busy being upset that Arthur is upset with him because that happens right after. And yeah. when you're having a teen angst crisis, who cares about the bodyguard just waiting at the True. airfield being like, oh. <laughs> like checking uh-huh. the watch.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Merlin making impulsive decisions and then like not really thinking that much about the consequences. Um, I was thinking about how they end up getting together in this fic because there's kind of there's almost two getting together scenes, and the first one doesn't really count because Merlin undoes it, but Arthur is under the spell that requires, in true fantasy fashion, true love's kiss to break, and or er, Merlin is like, hmm, what should I do? I'm head over heels in love with him, but I don't know if he loves me, and he's, he, they're trying to figure out, like, does it even matter if he loves you or not? Like, it'll probably work, and he's like, I gotta get Gwen, I gotta get Gwen on this uh, so he's like, Gwen, come here. <laughs> he has been hiding stuff from Gwen and just like not being a great friend to her for a little while. And then she shows up and he's like, you've got to kiss Arthur. And she's like, what? Because he's already basically turned her down. There's like this whole, it's a mess. It's a mess. But he's like, Gwen, you got to kiss him. He's unconscious. got to kiss him. Um, so Gwen's like, whatever. She does. Nothing happens. She is pissed. And she's like, all right, I'm leaving. Um, after that, Merlin is like, well... I better give it a go Uh, and when he kisses Arthur it does work the spell breaks and Arthur's like oh I love you (laughs) that's not exactly what happens (laughs) but it's like kind of the gist you you get like kind of like oh he definitely returns Merlin's feelings he's been waiting for this like it's not it's it's not a fluke this isn't just from Merlin's side Um, and I loved the way the author like wrote this bit because it's it's almost a blip, it's in, it's toward the end of a paragraph. It doesn't spend very long at all going over like Merlin erasing Arthur's memory for his own good, ostensibly, because um, you know Arthur's gonna be king, and he can't have he's he's been told by multiple other characters, like even if Arthur was not straight, like he couldn't involve himself with a man because duty, honor, the press, however you want to describe it. Um, so you have that and you're like, okay, they're in love, but they can't be together. It's so sad. Uh, and then much later, uh, when we get that kind of reveal, uh, the moment that you all were talking about of like, oh, like Merlin can do magic and Arthur's like, have ever done magic on me. And Merlin says yes, not realizing in the moment that Arthur is basically asking, did you spell me to fall in love with you? Because he's like, oh, I'm feeling these really strong feelings. They came on really fast. It's like, no, you just fell in love with him. But he doesn't know. And Merlin certainly isn't making it easier for him to understand (laughs) that conversation's a mess. Um, So you get like kind of the true confession scene when that magic is undone. Um, Arthur goes to Morgana and is like, help me out. Morgana's like, here's this crystal. If the two of you like use it together and the magic isn't too strong, uh, it can be undone. So they do it, and Arthur's like, oh, okay, you erased my memory. That sucks. Don't do that again. But uh, being in love with you was all me. Like, da-da-da, and then they get together, and it's really beautiful. I simplified that quite a lot, but that is the gist <laughs> of what happened. And then for the back, maybe two-fifths of this fic, they are cheerily dating in love secret boyfriends no one can know because again arthur is the prince but they are deliriously in love and and they also you know engage in recreational activity together (laughs) as as you do with your new significant other (laughs) yeah who has been an object of your desire for a long time (laughs) So that's how they get together, uh, which I thought was really interesting. I like, I kind of liked that it was a two-part situation. I liked that Merlin just like really abruptly erasing Arthur's memory and not seeming to feel that bad about it was brought back, and he had to kind of face his actions. And it wasn't just like, oh no biggie, like hey don't do that to people. You shouldn't do that to people. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I liked that. It was it was. I, I really enjoyed that and getting to see them with their little ensemble cast of friends you know do various uni student things but as boyfriends now um the release of tension was very evident and like oh boy y'all if I read this in 2011 as a murderer I can't even imagine the euphoria I would (laughs) have felt at some of those scenes after they'd gotten together okay (laughs) no like when they like had their little snowball fight or like they're in the just like hanging out and there's like some drama because they're trying to hide it but like they can't help it because they're so
1: in love like wow I think my wee heart would have exploded (laughs) I mean I think like one of the things that's kind of well done about that that whole part of the fic though is the fact that like yeah the tension between them is released but then there's sort of this additional added on pressure of like no one can know about this relationship and that makes it really tough and Merlin hadn't really fully thought all of that through I think um while Arthur has probably deeply thought it all through uh and so that kind of just like builds up to our final resolution of the fic as well like I I like a fic where like the getting together resolves some things but there's still other things that need to be dealt with in their lives um And I think this one kind of has that multi-part ending sequence uh, done really well Um, because, yeah, they're together, but, like, you still got to deal with the fact that, like, Arthur's the prince and isn't out and, like, is he going to come out? Like, what are they going to do? Is this going to be a secret relationship forever? Are they going to figure out some way to last? Is this just going to be a fling because they can't make it work? Like, all of those questions are very present up until, like, the, the very end of the fic where, Yeah, I guess I'll just finish it up. Spoilers! (laughs) Um, Do it. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't been spoiled by now. Um, So... In the last few chapters of the fic, um, it's like the Christmas holidays and Merlin and Arthur haven't seen each other for a little bit. um, Like a, like a couple days. But Merlin's very angsty about it.
2: There's a bit that I, I am so sorry, I genuinely burst out laughing because Merlin is like really torn up about a lot of things. He like doesn't know if Arthur still feels the same way about him because of like a bunch of stuff, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I kind of get this. Like I, I, a lot of big things happen mm-hmm. between the two of you. I mm-hmm. get being worried. And then there was a line that was like, Merlin hadn't seen Arthur's face in five days and I was like five days buddy calm down like it's gonna be okay but (laughs) read, what if it's not he was just so maudlin and I was like I get some of this but also like you're 18 and dramatic haven't you ever experienced young love with the
0: prince of Wales
2: no (laughs) it hits different oh you have
0: (laughs) well I don't I I can't. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't I'll, I'll,
2: I'll cut that. this out. I'll cut this out.
1: Oh, right, right. Yeah, okay. thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So they're like at their respective homes for Christmas, and like Merlin gets this call from Morgana, where Morgana's like, "Did you know?" And Merlin's like, "About what?" And she's like freaking out about something. Um, and then Arthur sends Merlin this like very cryptic text that's like. You should watch this interview tomorrow, haha, ha. anyway. yeah, <laughs> bye, heart emoji. <laughs> if you get a chance. yeah. um, so Merlin and his mom like watch this interview that's like being aired on the BBC or whatever that was Merlin knew that it was happening, but he thought it was just supposed to sort of be this like, oh, the princess at school. Let's talk about that and like uh, yo <laughs> <laughs> yo, <laughs> I'm trying to say the word your. <laughs> yo <laughs> um and he like the questions were all supposed to sort of just be like oh like we've left you alone alone like the press has so you can like do your schooling but like now tell us all about it because everyone wants to know mm-hmm. um so they do that for a little bit and then the interviewer is like so like any love on the horizon um and asks Arthur some questions about like these people who he's been like rumored to have like a relationship with um like some other royal girl who we never meet. Um, and Arthur's like, haha, nope. Um, and then the interviewer kind of keeps pushing, and Arthur's like, well, you see, I'm gay. And then, like, goes on this whole big thing. Um, and then there's a whole big, like, national crisis about it. And then Uther has to, like, give a Christmas talk, Christmas speech, uh-huh. Christmas day <laughs> address um, <laughs> about the whole thing, uh, where he's basically like, well, the church can decide whatever the church wants, but, like, Arthur will be king. Um, and everything's great. And then they meet back up at the end. But, like, <laughs> the end, like, is is the satisfying end to this very tropey, yeah, like, mm-hmm. uh, royalty romance that you want. Like, if this was a book, that's the ending I would want. And this basically is the length of a book. As I was reading this end, though, especially when they kind of meet back up at, like, the very last chapter... I was thinking about how the f- how they've known each other for a semester, a single semester, and like have only been together for maybe half of that. And it's their first like freshman year, first semester. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember mine and I did not fall in love with a prince, but like emotions were running high. Like it's your first time at school, like you're making all these new friends. These connections are very like, can be very like intense or fraught or just like you're desperate to have friends in this new setting. Um... But it's like Arthur's like, well, who cares that I'm like the Prince of Wales gonna risk it all for this guy I've been dating for two months? I'm telling <laughs> I think you, it of hits different. it's just the ending I want. Like, yeah, like <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> like it's very much the ending I also wanted as like a. Murthers Dan back in the day <laughs> and now but like it is also just funny especially like being in my like mid-20s now looking back on yeah. these like 18 year old kids being like wow you really just went and did the thing didn't you <laughs> all right so i think that basically brings us to the end of our discussion on the student prince um <laughs> it's been really fun to look back on a fic that i first read so many years ago and that has had such lasting power in the fandom That's a big reason why we wanted to do it as one of our fandom classic episodes. Um, And something I think we've talked about throughout this episode is just, like, why it's been so popular, what you can get out of reading it now. Um, For me, like, what's still fun about it 10 years later. uh, I do think it's held up pretty well. There's definitely some things that haven't aged perfectly, but... I think that's largely to be expected of any media, especially one about university-aged kids (laughs) who maybe don't always say the most smart or uh, sympathetic things to other people. Um, So, yeah, I had a lot of fun this episode, and I'm glad my co-hosts wanted to read this along with me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this fandom classic episode of Fit Click. We hope you enjoyed listening along and hearing us talk about the student prints and also fandom in general and a lot of other stuff, to be honest. But hopefully, you know, it was still a good time. Um, if you want to connect with us even more than just listening to us on the pod, you can find us on Twitter and Tumblr at FitClick. You can also come hang out in our Discord server where we have a lot of ficlets who enjoy chatting about fan fiction and fandom and writing things and also sometimes some cursed things. But overall, it's a very fun experience, I think. You can find the link to that on our Twitter. And then if you'd like to communicate with us in long form, uh, feel free to email us at fitclickpod at gmail.com and we will write you back at probably somewhere near the length of what you sent us, unless you send us something really long, in which case maybe not. No guarantees either way. Just write us something and then we'll, you'll see what we send back.
1: So even though we've been doing this podcast for a while now, uh, we are still a little baby podcast in many ways. Um, so if you enjoy FitClick, uh, we'd love for you to help spread the word. Word of mouth is the best way that we grow. So if you enjoy us, think about leaving a review for us on Apple Podcasts or maybe retweeting an episode on Twitter to your friends. Um, we really appreciate that kind of engagement and it helps us grow our little community.
2: If you love FitClick, can't get enough of it, want to rep it every single day in your life, you can also pick up some of our merch on Redbubble, uh, designed by our very own Brenna. It is so, so cute. The link to that is also on our Twitter. Um, and while I'm selling out, I once again just want to give a huge, huge thank you to GreenNet University for sponsoring us. Yes. Um, we are so excited. Um, this is our second sponsor ever, and so, like, really big deal for yeah. us. So, like, thank you, Green Net University. Go check out their classes
0: so our next episode is going to be airing on April 2nd. Um, you might be thinking that's near April 1st. It is. Don't worry about it. Anyway, um, our episode is going to be a themed episode. We're really excited. We're going to be doing super Hulak. So we hope you tune in and listen to that episode.
1: Bye.